The spirit of the blues, indeed. Welcome to Across the Park podcast. Myself, Ian Mills, alongside Gary Judge. Um, Judge, you'll see, is having a nice social night. I promise, or he's promising me he's working. You can see he's, he's in a nice um, local establishment up north. And you can see by me, I'm at home with the kids, the cots behind me. We're going to be talking all things Everton Football Club. Before we do get into the content of this week's show, as always, a big, massive, massive thank you to our new sponsor, over at Globe Gas Plumbing. Their website is globecentralheating.com. Local toffee, local Evertonian. He's going around doing all sorts of plumbing and gas works. He also does kitchen and bathroom quotes. If you get in touch with him on the website and you mention us, he'll give you 10% off a quote. Great lads, please get in touch with him. He's also linked on our socials. Our Instagram is at across the park PC. He's linked on there as well. You'll, you'll see him on there if you prefer the socials. Another big sponsor of ours who, who, who is still looking after us over at Vair Clothing, VIRclothing.com. Brand new autumn and winter wear coming out looks absolutely fantastic. You walk around Liverpool and everybody's rocking it and it's really, really cool. Make someone like me and work look like a million dollars and that's hard to do. And again, once again, if you quote ATP20 at checkout on their website, you'll get magically 20% off and that's on the boys of Across the Park podcast myself, Judgy. And Pricey. Uh, Pricey's not here tonight, unfortunately. So, me and Judge are going to go back and forth and, and try and um, debate with banter uh, as only we can. Judge, the first of all, not a lot of banter on Sunday for me. The, the, the review of the um, the Manchester United game, everything went good at all, were we? No, no. And I, I'd like to apologise in advance to anyone who's, who's listening and who can hear the occasional uh, sounds in the background, like Millsy says, I am. Uh, socialising, so to speak, tonight. I'm on my own, but I'm but I'm, I'm out in public. So if the uh, if there's a, a bit of an issue with sound quality from time to time, where you can hear any background noise, that that'll be me. Um, but yeah, it, it was a disappointing result. But I get I guess it somewhat brought us back down to earth, didn't it? Um, mm. we, we've had a, a good period in terms of clean sheets and 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 um, not being beat. But I thought on Sunday we we, we met a team that were unfortunately. And, and it's pretty obvious based on investment. You think are just are just a step ahead of us at the moment. And um, I think you know you, when you're bringing Cristiano Ronaldo off the bench after 25 minutes or whatever, and you know, and, and he's he's been in the shadows. It just shows that the, the levels in, in this league. Um, but but listen, I, we stayed in the game, yeah, and, and we could have. I think most of the media outlets were saying that United were fortunate in the end to get away with it, with with all three points. So. You know, we, we got. You know, we, we didn't. We didn't embarrass ourselves on Sunday, but I, I think it was. It was just a game that probably we had coming. You might say. Yeah, and, and the big thing for me. I mean, we touched upon this on the instant match reaction. So if if you haven't checked the instant match reaction, it is over on our, our YouTube channel. Uh, just just a sidebar. We did get a comment on the um, on the socials about the the audio and the podcast version of the instant match reaction. We are only releasing now going forward the weekly show as an audio podcast. So if you do want to see the instant match reaction or, or any specials we do have going forward, they are on YouTube. But the YouTube instant match reaction, myself and Judge are joined by your friend from across the pond, Patrick, standing in the rain. We've broke that game down as best we can. So we're not Monday Night Football. We're not going to hang on it too long. But for me, Judgey, yeah, I've, I've said there we didn't play well. And you've said there that you will come against a really good team, which and I think both are true. But the most frustrating element for me is it was two mistakes that led to the goals. Yeah, I mean that, that is frustrating, albeit the, the the two players who who um who did who were responsible for them for their mistakes, sorry, were 
We've probably been two of our best players over the last few weeks as well. I mean, Alex Awobi's probably been our best player for six months. Um, Ghana guys made a massive difference in there. I mean, there was a few articles knocking about after the game. You pointed one of them out to, which said, which said basically or illustrated that we are going to have, you know, dips like that where if Ghana guy or Awobi doesn't play particularly well, we will struggle because we rely so much on those on those three now in the field. And I think it's. I think it's an important point. You know, a lot of our play does go through those channels. Um, and the only thing I'd, I'd say to temper that is when we do get a big centre-forward back, i.e. Dominic Calvert-Loon, we will be able to miss those midfield out, midfielders out a little bit more and mix it up. But I think it's fair to say that we are a little bit more predictable when we're playing with a small forward because we have to go through the thirds. We have to build through the thirds. And teams like Man United with, te- with players as, as clever as Ericsson, and, and Casemiro and Fernandez will work that out. And, and if you're going 1v1 against players like that, then you are going to come unstuck. So uh, I think there's two sides to it, really. I agree. It's disappointing to, to concede goals to mistakes. However, sometimes that's not the worst thing in the world because you haven't been took apart, have you? It's just that you, know, you give away the ball against top-quality players and you've been punished. I think you can work with that as a manager. You'd sooner that than your team be absolutely dismantled tactically, um, which over the 90 minutes, I don't you know. I wouldn't say we were dismantled. I think I think we just come up against a better eleven players than our eleven on the day. There's only two more questions, really, judging on the man you game before we do move on. Um the first one being we didn't touch upon this on the instant match, and I don't think it was really visible to me. Maybe it was to you, but to me certainly wasn't until I watched the game back. I thought James Garner was really, really good when he came on. That was a big, big positive for me. Very good. I'm not surprised. I mean, although I keep getting his first name wrong, Joe and calling him Joe Garner. <laughs> um, as I've said a couple of times, I know um, I know a lot of the backroom staff at Forest and at Forest, and they were very complimentary of him. He told me what to expect from him, and, and he showed that as an abundance when he came on. He he always wants the ball. Technically outstanding. Very good striker of a football as well. You've seen that that one where he cuts in on his right foot and, and bends it towards the far post. I think you'll see a lot of that and. Uh, although you know, I've just we just said on one hand how influential that midfield three have been. I think as the season goes on, he is going to be one of them players that we, we need to try and find a place in the team for if we're going to be able to break teams down and, and we're going to be and if we're going to be more consistent from set plays because you can see that he's going to give us that with his with his, with his right foot, with his right foot. Just to follow up, I'd, I'd say there was two more questions, but I think that's a really really good point. Um, and we've got some social media questions coming up about what they think that we may look to towards Saturday evening at Spurs. But just in general, with the three-man midfield that's done so well for us so far, how do you shoehorn James Garner into it? 4-2-3-1. Simple as that for me. When, when Calvert-Lewin comes back, you, you sit with two at the base. James James Garner can play in at the base of a, four, you know, a 4-2-3-1 with someone like Garner Guy because yeah. Guy will do all of the kind of, you know, the firefighting and stuff and... and Garner will just pick the ball up, and if you have someone like a Wobi ahead of them, and then maybe an Arnold ahead of them, I think you can do that. A Wobi is in a you know a four-two-three-one could play to the right or left. I think um, because he'd be one of them players who took him when he needs to. He can get wide and put balls in when he needs to. I think that would be the obvious obvious fit for me. A four-two-three-one. I, I think the manager, based on how well Cozy and Tarkowski have done as a pair, will probably want to stick with that back four as long as he can now. Um, and the good thing about the back four, obviously, is it gives you more options and, and more midfielders you can play. Whereas if you go with a back three and wing back, suddenly you're limited to maybe only having three midfielders and no more. 
Um, so I think I think he's, he'll be delighted that he's struck upon a, a, a partnership, you know, two centre backs because it means he can get more of his midfielders into the team, which which I think is where our talent actually lies now in the squad. Yeah, it's exciting to, to think about. We've got different options of, of how we can play going forward. Because for a long, long time, I thought we were limited in, in not only personnel, but, but structure and formation. And it's exciting for me to think about what we can do against different opposition going forward. But last question, judging on the um, the Man United game. Not that I thought it was ever, ever turn, or, or certainly not this early. But refreshing for me that the fans in the ground sung the players off. And Lampard pointed at Southampton last week and said the players deserved every bit of what they're getting at the away end. But again, it's it's a, show, it's a little bit of a change in mentality, isn't it? I, I, I don't think Evertonians in the, in the past few seasons would have booed, but they certainly might have left the ground and not sung the team off. And again, it's it just that change of mentality for me that that's visible. Rightfully so as well. I mean, again, I was speaking to the lads on the ground. I've said it several times on the podcast. I say it to, to most people who listen to me. I like this group of players. I generally, I've got a liking for them. I respect them. I think they put a shift in every, every time they play, and 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 the fans at Goodison will always appreciate that. And, and you know, there's the splatters of quality in there. Like I say, we stayed in the game till the very last kick, and, and and as a fan, when you've not played particularly well or you've made a few mistakes, that's all you can ask for for the players to keep going, keep fighting, and play to the last whistle. So I'm I'm not surprised, and I think the players do deserve it, and as does the manager. Refreshing to leave the ground and be disappointed, but not sort of toxic. Kind of, we've left that a few times in, in, in bad ways. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't take it home on Sunday. It was a nice way to sort of get home and just sort of get on, get on with the week ahead. But look, the, the manager's press conference was today. The manager being Frank Lampard, obviously, he was asked a question on a couple of players who, who were due back, and he said Yeti Mina has had a setback, a calf injury, suffered. He, he did say small. But calf injuries for me, they're still weeks. Is this man just made out of paper? Are we are we going to see this man again? Because the season ends before the transfer window in another month. If he's not back, are we even going to see him again in an Everton shirt? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, it, forgive me ignorance, are Columbia in the World Cup? I think they are, aren't they? I think they it's are. Right. But, I want to say yes or no. We yeah, continue. yeah, I know. I know exactly. We do, we do get things wrong on here recently, or we have been recently. But listen, we, we've said several times that international football is not our forte and, and we're not fans of international football. However, that is a factor. I don't know whether there's a little bit of kidology going on there from Jeremy and he's looking at it thinking, I'm not going to get they in this in team. Yeah, yeah, in it, yeah. I don't know. I, I listen, it, it's wrong of me to say this. And, and Jeremy has been a good pro for us when he's been on the pitch and... and, and Despite all of the question marks around his, his injury record, he's been very committed when he's been in the squad. However, I don't know if there's a degree of kidsology there where he's thinking, I need a few extra weeks to make sure that I am 110% ready for the World Cup and I don't come back up to, come back too early. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it's the, the cynic in me. But um, look, it, it, I'll be honest, I wasn't too disappointed about that. I think I think if Yeri Mina goes to the World Cup and has a good World Cup, I think we'll have plenty of suitors in January and I think it's a good time, obviously, with his contract and, and, and with the position we're in and, and I suppose the lux- luxurious position we're in of having a few more centre-back options. If we could get rid of him and Keane in January for good money and then bring in a you know, a, a championship-type centre-back, someone who's going to come through and, and maybe learn from the likes of Tarkowski and, 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 um, and Cozy, I think that would be good business for the club and, 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 all, and, all, and the players probably as well. Just a final question on Mina. He's, he's not someone for me who I imagine will do an instant reaction to when he leaves or, or will lord and do, do lots of 
lots of shows and, and look back some, but for me, when he has played, he's, he's just been colossal. I mean, the, the tail end of last season, I think he played three games and we won all three. And you're looking, he's, he's that important. And, and his little moments in that Chelsea game where he was winding them up, and I, I think it was Kai Havertz who was having an absolute nightmare against them. How, how would you sum up if Yeri Mina was leaving Everton tonight? How would you sum up his Everton career? No, I, I, I share that frustration or that, that feeling. Um, and he's, he's an enigma, so to speak, isn't he? Because like you look at his appearance record over the over the season, and you just think that he'd be a player who frustrates the fans. But the fans adore him. He, he's a character. He's a personality. You know, and, and 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 that that alone is worth its weight in gold. And and I think, you know, if you look at the games, you used to lose it to it. Then you, you you look at the games that he played for as versus the games he hasn't played. I think I think the the record or percentage records of the games we have won versus when you know he hasn't played would be very much tilted in his favour. He's a very influential player. He's a likable character. I think from when we first signed him, there was loads of videos always coming out, wasn't there, of, of him like kind of being you know dancing and stuff. Out, yeah, being out in the community, getting involved and stuff all the time. So no, I, I really like him. Like you said, I don't think he's going to be one because you loads of shows about because he hasn't played enough games for us. However. I don't think he's going to be a player that, that will go with any bad wishes or ill wishes from the Everton fans because he's always put it in when he's been on the pitch. I just think his body's not built for the Premier League, to be honest. I think he's too long and gangly and, and, and he obviously gets stuck in as well. He doesn't leave anything out there. So I think all them things put together, he's probably just not a player who's not built for the Premier League. Long, gangly and not made for the Premier League. Some may say you're describing your co-host, but I'll let that one. No, Premier League, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, Premier League. <laughs> not, not me for the pits, father side, never mind, Premier League. Little backstory, I've been casing Judgy, trying to get my little boy into football, and I've been casing Judgy every night about it, and you can just tell I've never played the game. I took him to a training session the other week, someone Judgy knows, and I was like, oh, they're getting stuck in, and it's all it's all like competitive, and Judgy was like, yeah, that's football, and that's what happens, it's not all rainbows. But Judgy, in this press conference, um, Lampard's also revealed, light training, Weeks away, Nathan Patterson and Ben Godfrey. That makes the squad again stronger again. And and I, I'm looking at this thinking, um, does does certain players now miss out on even making the match day squads? And that's they, that's two really good players. Are you excited by getting these two young, energetic, aggressive players back into the match day squads? Very much so, yeah. I'll have to apologise again because I think someone's about to get a coffee here, so it's going to get quite loud in the background. Someone's about to get an espresso or something. It's getting dead steamy. Maybe you need to I'll just start singing. No, no, it, it, it's fine. No, it, yeah, I, th- I think it's a... Um, listen, it's a massive boost for us. Both players, you bring physicality to, to this team, this squad. Um, young players, again, play very likeable players. Patterson's been a revelation this season. Yeah, you know, yeah. And... and you know, he's clearly been putting a lot of work in, in the background to get himself more physically ready. Godfrey, you know what? He's not far off the Eddie Mina conversation. He's had a lot of setbacks where it's like, again, when he plays, he can be very influential. But he spent a lot of time on the sidelines and, and he's a player, again, who I think puts it all in when he's on the pitch. But we, yeah. we need to see him on that pitch a, a little bit more. But he, he is one of the players, Godfrey, who, who will probably allow us to, to, to you know, Get rid of the like to say get rid is probably the wrong word. Probably allow us to um, let Mina go or, or let Michael Keane go because he's versatile. He can he can slot in there. I think he's a player. The more time he spends with you know the likes of Tarkowski and Cozy, he will come on leaps and bounds for me. 
Yeah, and, and don't forget, you've also got you know Mason Holgate there, haven't you? Who's coming back as well. So to have you know Holgate and Godfrey sort of behind Tarkowski and Connor Cody, that, that's not a bad setup. It's been probably the healthiest it's looked in years for me, to be honest. Um, and another thing that we heard from the manager today that they've entered contract talks to extend Alex Awobi's contract. I think he's got about 18 months left on his contract. If you'd have told me this, asked me this, shown me this last year, the year before, as I've been saying, what's Brands doing? What's the new director of football doing? If they haven't got a clue, it's so different now, isn't it? And it's now imperative that we get them tied down. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the game against Man United last week, you scored a goal out of nothing. And I think everyone in that ground, I said about, I said about the Southampton game, that the two players who scored the goals were the two players that I would have chosen to score on the day. Alex Iwobi yeah. was the one player that I would say, listen, that lad deserves a goal. And not only deserves a goal, he probably needs a goal to just take him on that next level again. Because the only yeah. thing he was missing was not he's creating goals, he's tackling, he's running about, he's consistent with his passing. He's doing everything apart from scoring. He scores a, you know, a brilliant goal, which has been sadly overlooked because of the results. But what you know, what a brilliant strike and, and epitomizes, you know, where he is. It's quality all over the pitch at the moment for him. And no one deserves a new contract as much as him. And and he, you know, it's it's a proper Roy of the Rovers story, isn't it? Almost. I think you know the only thing he's missing from this story is to actually score a goal that, that, that probably brings us silverware or something, because he, he's literally gone from zero to hero. And 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 again, he's he's another player who epitomizes the squad. He's so likable. You know, he does everything that you'd want from a from a footballer as a fan. Have, have you ever seen a transformation like this over this length of time? Because I think it's I think what I mean by that is I've seen foreign players and I've seen young players and I've seen domestic players need a period of adaptation and maybe they've took a six months, maybe they've took a season. This guy's in, into his fourth season now. And this time last year, I think me and you would, would have probably drove him somewhere. And the clubs you'd probably think that were coming in for him, you wouldn't even list these top clubs. Have you ever seen a transformation like this? And I mean relationship between fans and players as well. No, no, it's extraordinary. And, and it says a lot of his character because I, I reckon 90, 99% of pros at this level would have took an easy out. He could have went to a, probably numerous clubs across Europe just because of his CV alone. In fact, he's played for Arsenal and he, you know, he's captain of his country and, and, and so on and so forth. Could have went anywhere. He really could have done. But he's, he's dug in and he said numerous times, hasn't he, that that, that was his intention. He was never going to leave Everton. He was he always convinced that he was going to be a success here. And, you know, that's absolute testament to, to his attitude. And what a lesson to young players out there. Because he's not he's not a player who's, you know, who's just been thrust into the limelight. He's played at a top club for a number of years. He's made the difficult decision to leave that club and come to a lesser club, let's be honest, it's a lesser club, but a club with a lot of pressure. He could have easily sat there and went, hold on, who are Everton fans to be, to be telling me that I'm not good enough? Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're battling for relegation when I've played for a, a European club, I've scored goals in Europa League finals, I captained my country. But no, he didn't. He, he, he decided he wanted to dig in, prove the fans wrong, because he has he's proved us wrong, and, and proved the, the league as well, that, that he's good enough to be at this level. And I, you know, I've got a lot of time for that that type of attitude, and I'm, I'm absolutely made up for it. Yeah, moving on to to the, the social media, I've picked five questions, Judgey, just because I know there's only two of us, but I'll, I'll bounce them all off you. There's only one I'll answer very, very quickly. 
Rajiv, who was a, a red follower, has asked on Twitter how are the Reds doing. All sounds, no problem with the Reds. They're all doing their own thing. Gary is expecting his second kid. Phil has got a, a new sort of job he's loving. Teddy is just, you know, doing his thing, which is a good thing. Trust me, Teddy's very, very good in life. So, all good. I think we're looking forward to all catching up with the Reds at a, a mate's wedding at the end of the, the month. So, all still friends. that They're all doing their own thing, so they're all good. Um, Judgy, Liam D on Twitter wants to ask, first of all, I have to read these out. So, if I turn away, I'm not being rude. We got some stick for having our phones out, didn't we? So, I've tried to put these over here. So he's basically said, and I think it's more of an opinion that I'll get you to bounce off, depressing to see so many Blues almost lining up to have a pop at Seamus Coleman, post-Manchester United. He says Pickford was just as poor, but it feels to him now Coleman has become the whipping boy for certain Evertonians. Loyalty isn't what it used to be. I think it's a very fair point. And I said to you when I seen this question, I've probably been as guilty as anyone for, for maybe laying into Coleman because he's he's not the Coleman that we had three yeah. years ago, five years ago, or, or whatever. Listen, there's been no greater servant to this club than Seamus Coleman. Um, could we have had a better captain over that time in terms of quality and leadership? Maybe. But we couldn't have asked for any more from commitment and, and sheer, you know... It, the amount of minutes we spoke about two players there, Godfrey and Nina, who have not had enough minutes on the pitch. This lad clocked up more minutes than, than anyone in the squad for, for the in this at this club for a long time. Um, I, I don't think anyone deserves as much patience and respect as, as Seamus Coleman does, but um, yeah, look, it's going to happen, isn't it? And I, I, I think Seamus, fortunately enough, is is um, knows the club and the fans well enough to know that it's not personal. It's probably just frustration that the fans want the best and, and want us to win and want us to perform as well as possible. And he'll also be conscious that he's filling in for a, for a, for a top player, a player who's going to be a really serious talent. And he's been on the other side. He's been that player who's, who's breaking through and, and you know, replacing a, a, you know, a Tony Hibbert, someone who's coming to the end of, end of his reign. And he's seen the fans probably be disrespectful towards Tony as well, which they were. So, look, it, it, I think he's... Um, thick-skinned enough and experienced enough to know it's not personal, but I agree. I agree with the listener, follower. Sorry, I, I didn't catch his name there. or didn't, didn't yeah, name Liam on Twitter. Yeah, Liam, you're spot on, mate. And and listen, if, if anyone sees me having a go at Seamus just for maybe not being as quick as he was, then feel free to clip me around the ear or, and, 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 and remind me of that. But no, I think all Evertonians need to be conscious of that because... He's, he's the last person who anyone needs to have a go at because, he, believe me, he'll be doing everything he can to be as good as he can be on the pitch. And unfortunately, he's just not the player that he was, you know, two or three years ago, physically anyway. Yeah, and, and to stick with the, the Coleman theme, we've got Mark Dunn on Twitter. Um, and look, I, I don't think it's wrong to ever say someone's playing badly and should someone come up to the team. I think that's very different to, to disrespect. But Mark Dunn has basically said, Judgy, with Coleman even struggling to last last out the game last Sunday, would you potentially bring Mason Holgate in at right back until Patterson is fit, or maybe even revert to the three four three with a Wobi on the right hand side like we played at the end of last season? And he's ended with this by saying, "I love Coleman, but we cannot keep playing him." Um, I don't know. I don't know. If people are being a bit hasty, you know. Like, um, I, I get what I get what you're saying, but I don't know. If people are generally being a bit hasty. He played. He plays well at Southampton for me. I don't think he looked out of out of place at all at Southampton. I thought he got beyond 
the, the wire plays a few times. Of course, he was solid defensively. Um, he got cut. Listen, he, he got exposed slightly at Man United, but I think a few players did. You know, as I said before, two of our, our better players from the last couple of months, uh, you know, made the mistakes that led to the goals. As um, Liam said, in the, you know, in, in his in his post or his question, you know, Pickford was somewhat suspect as well. So he wasn't the only one. I, I think it's a little bit hasty to maybe be rushing to the conclusions of where we should replace him or who should bring him in. If you got two weeks of Patterson out, I certainly wouldn't be rushing to play Mason Holdings at right back from previous experience. Um, and I think if you're thinking about putting a Wobie right back, you know, you're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul um, because we're taking a lot out of that midfield to remove a Wobie from there. So not for me, I get it, but I think maybe we're getting it becoming a I don't know. I think it's a little bit hasty to be to be to be thinking along them lines. I, I don't know about you, Millsy, but I've never been a fan of, of Holgate right back. No, I, I think when he first first broke in, he had a couple of appearances there. But I also remember him saying that he didn't see his long term future there. He seen himself as a centre half, and he wanted to play centre half. And that alone is like again, if you're putting someone out there who doesn't really want to be out there, and I get it's only like Mark said there until Patterson comes back. I get it. I think it's an option. I think because we're playing Bournemouth twice in a week, that which is three games in a week, I think with the Leicester game, you might see, if Patterson's not fit, you might see Coleman taken out for someone. Whether it be Holgate, I don't know. Uh, another question, Judge, is, is based on um, Ben Godfrey. So, Snapdragon Blue on Twitter, fantastic name, my friend. Snapdragon Blue has asked Judgey when Ben Godfrey returns, and he's poor here, he is too good not to play. Do we now have to change the system when Ben Godfrey is in due to the form of Conor Cody and Tarkowski? Um, I'm not sure I share the opinion that he's too good not to play. I think I think he's a serious talent, I do, but I, I don't think he's shown the levels of consistency at, at centre-back that these two have. Hmm. You know, and, and maybe that's because he's lacked a, an experienced and consistent centre-back partner. But I don't remember, right, you know, waxing lyrically about... Ben Godfrey for more than maybe a couple of games, and, and, and you know again maybe that's a reflection of the previous management, the systems, you know various other stuff. But, and I think he's a I think he's a very talented player by the way. And individually, I thought he, he done very well, you know under Ancelotti at left back and right back at times. But I don't know, I wouldn't be in a hurry to change the system just to get Ben Godfrey back in. I think he's one of them who's going to have to wait his time to get games. I think he may come in for a Tarkowski at times. It may come in for a Cody maybe. Um, Cody doesn't get injured very often, but I wouldn't be in a rush to change the system right now to accommodate a Ben Godfrey. No, I, I think if ben, ben Godfrey was fit, now he may be a shout for the right back. He may be a shout at times to be in a, a three at the back, but I, I wouldn't be in any rush to, to change what's been one of our biggest strengths so far this season. I agree with Judgy. Judgy got a bit of a, a fun. We get these all the time, but because we've got like new viewers and, and new listeners, we'll, we'll sort of go back to it. Three questions to hear, Judgey. What's your go-to Indian, your go-to Chinese, and your favourite holiday destination? Wow. Uh, and by the way, I'll apologise again for making cocktails in the background this time. So it's, 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 Upgrades on coffee, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. So I'm going to go for lamb gel, lamb gel <clears throat> um for me Indian. Um, always with some some man bread. But some, my favourite bit of the whole Indian is... Is the um, is the poppers with with the various different tips like the, the chutney and the you know onions and stuff like that? I have a little bit before 
get me, you know, get me Lamjell Frazier and then have some more after. Sometimes I'm partial to some sides as well, but but yeah, Lamjell Frazier for me. Indian females, you're not a big Indian fan, are you? Mate, I can't stand heat. It's not that I can't stand it, I just can't do it. I can't even eat those spicy crisps. So if, if Judge <laughs> was taking me to an Indian, I imagine they'd have to ask him to buy me a corma or something. But no, no, you, you, I reckon you get out. You know what, butter chicken, anyone who, who likes an Indian knows butter chicken is like, it's a ma- really mild, nice, nice little dish though. I'd have a nice garlic naan and chips or something and a beer. I'd be all over that. Yeah, you know I mean, if you had butter chicken or like a chicken corn with a bit of naan, I think you'd be all right. I can turn you there with a decent one. Anyone like me and doesn't enjoy spice, listen to exclusive air, judgy, butter chicken. Butter chicken, because you, you're a big fan of like pita and putting stuff on pita and yeah, yeah. in that. So I think if you got some naan bread, a few chips on there, a bit of rice, a bit of butter chicken, you enjoy that on some naan bread. Love it. It's a date. It's a date. <laughs> One in Chinese, go to Chinese. You and the wife are out, there's no kids. What are you going for? Well, it's tough that because it's not. I mean, a, a Chinese, it's whether you're having a takeaway or whether you're having it in, in a restaurant. I'm going to go with takeaway because I eat Chinese takeaway more than I do um, have it in a restaurant. So I'm going to go with. Um, and it's, I suppose it's not, people correct me and say it's not Chinese, but I'm going to go with Singapore vermicelli, you know. T- takeaway, Singapore vermicelli, carton of curry, some chips. Fantastic. Also, can't go wrong with some chicken fried rice, maybe with the same mix, curry sauce, chips, lovely mix it all up. Starving here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'll I'll probably go with the, the the scouse version of a Chinese takeaway. Just loads of starters, fried egg fried rice. Yeah, salt and pepper starters, egg fried rice, chips, bit of curry to dip your spring rolls in. I'm happy there. Very very. That, that's and should you just give you a, a recommendation if you don't like heat, go for. Butter chicken. I'm going to put my, my neck on the line here. If you're ever hungover on a Sunday night and you've got work the next day, just order in a bunch of Chinese starters with curry sauce. Trust me, sorting me out many times. So that was Alan Bolland just, on Twitter. Just, just a brief shout out, shout out to hot, uh, hot and Sour Soup as well. Hot and Sour Soup's a, a big one for me as well. Um, holiday, holiday, holiday's done before. Ever done a shout out to a soup? An exclusive. <laughs> Holidays then? Yep. You missed holidays out there. I know, I know yeah, where so, yours would be. How do you know what? Um, one of the best places, and this sounds mad, and people might might like, <laughs> hopefully not laugh. Me and the wife have been over to the um, the west of Ireland, like where the cliffs of Moher are. There's a place called Doolan and Ennis Diamond. And for me, it was just like, I've, I've done New York and done Ibiza, we've done the Stag Dews Judge, we've done all those great times. We've had a honeymoon in South America, of course, and fantastic. But if anyone's ever been to that western coast of Ireland where it's just walking from sort of, there's like maybe 300, 400 yards between each pub and each one's welcome them. They've got the fires on and people are singing and, and the Guinness is good and you're watching the football. I've had a really nice time there. So if, if someone said to me, you can go somewhere tomorrow, I'd probably pick back over to um, sort of Doolan, La Hinch on the west of Ireland. So what about you, Judgy? If someone said to you, I can send you anywhere tomorrow, where, where would it be? Um, San Francisco. Absolutely, like I went, there, we went there. Me, and me, the wife went there on our honeymoon. Um, it's difficult to afford to go somewhere like San Francisco, otherwise. But um, no, unbelievable city. Anyone who's not been, again, probably similar reason to you. It's just a lovely place to walk around, and again, loads of nice places to eat, loads of nice places to drink. There's a bit of a kind of um, yeah, it's just a lovely vibe. Dead, dead nice, like and a really nice sightseeing place, but. 
tremendous views. Everything you'd want from like a, a, a city break. Obviously, it's a very expensive city break if you're just going to go there. But if someone's going to just say, like, teleport you somewhere, I know I'd, I'd definitely go back to San Francisco. Happy days. Um, so that was Alan Bolland over on Twitter. Alan, thanks for those questions. We, we what always a like question, Alan. Love all that. Definitely. Keep yeah, coming well, yeah, if anyone wants to get involved on, on the um, social, so <clears throat> if you're watching this brand new, we do have a social media over on Twitter. Which is at a, at across the park PC PC stands for podcast. The same over on Instagram. Uh, we do have a Facebook. We do have a website there. Probably not manned as much as the Instagram and Twitter. So if you enjoyed this, first of all, like. Second, comment. Third, subscribe. Then head over to our socials and give us some more questions for next week and spread the word because because we're we're really looking to grow this channel as much as we can. Um, Judgy, let's just focus back on on football. Five thirty on Saturday evening, we've got a game, which is probably and historically a really really tough game for Everton to to have going on the back of what we've talked about there with certain players, Coleman, Garner. I think Decore is back. Maybe Mason Holgate. First of all, do you predict or do you want any changes? Um, ah, it's tough on that because um, you know, listen. I, I thought McNeil was was unlucky to to miss out um, against Man United. I think you agreed with that. You expected him to maybe start. Um, I would. Don't forget, I, Anthony Gordon suspended for Saturday as well. Yeah. So, so we, well, there you go. That's that's an easy change. Then, so, so McNeil comes back in for me. Um, I don't think Garner starts. I don't think he, he goes from having a cameo to starting the game. Not, not by any stretch. I don't think Decore comes back in. I think I think that's probably the only change. I'm not, as I've said before, I, I don't think taking Coleman out at, at, at this stage is, is even worth it. Certainly, if it means moving a Wolby to, to right back. Um, <clears throat> I, I think I think that and it's getting lively in here right away. <laughs> really picking up in here now. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't advocate many more changes. I think McNeil will give us defensively a bit more than than. Than Gordon did. I thought Gordon was poor the other, the other night anyway. Um, I think it's going to look more like a 4 5 1 against Spurs. That's almost what they play. They do play that under Conte. They're not, they're not a team, unlike Man United, unlike this Man United team, I don't think they're going to look to try and dominate the ball. They will. I think it'll be a bit of a game of chess because the Conte teams don't try and dominate the ball. They just try and hit you on the break. And I don't know how Lampard's going to, going to try and counteract that. Um, I've got half a feeling he might start Calvert Loon, you know. I've got half a feeling he might he might start with him. Just I just think that it's the one thing where if we can win set plays against Spurs and we can hit that's that Spurs side from set plays, I think hitting the channels and trying to get in the channels or trying to play off your, your long forwards. What Conte tries to do is he tries to catch it out on the counter, he tries to catch it in possession. And and again, the mistakes we made against Man United. They'll be exactly what Antonio Conte will be looking for us to do is try and play through the thirds. It gets Hoiberg trying to nick the ball off players. I think if we do that against Tottenham, I think we will get hurt. You know, it, the Sun, there's, there's Richarlison, as we know, will look to be getting him behind. He'll be really up for this game. As much as he loved Everton, I think he did, he, he'll also be keen to show for him that, that, that he's come to the right club and he's made the right move. So I, re- <clears throat> I really hope that to a certain extent that Calvert Lewin is ready for this game. Because I think he could be a really big asset for us this weekend. Do you think it's arguably the first time this season, and 
I say that because Chelsea was the first game of the season at home. Liverpool was at home. Manchester United was at home. So do you think this is possibly the first time or the first chance this season we may seem revert back to what we've seen at the end of last season where we played ugly? And if, if we get nil-nil in the manager's mind, that's a good result? Or do we stick with what we've seen so far? It's a good question. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if that was the mentality of trying to win the game ugly. Um, we're certainly not going to try and dominate the game or, or as we did against Southampton. I think there'll be more of a tendency to, to play on the back foot, so to speak, because I think it'll almost be a trip tonight to Spurs because they won't want to try and take, take the game to us either. Um, so I, it wouldn't be the worst decision in the world to do that as long as he's got the pace to, to go and go and hit Spurs the other way. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed to see him, you know, employ that tactic. Fair enough, yeah. I, I, I was thinking out loud there and I, I just, it wasn't a question I even prepared. It was just something I was thinking about. And I, I think maybe I wouldn't be surprised, like Judgy, I wouldn't be surprised to see Everton set up ugly on Saturday. And look, if you had a point on Saturday night, that for me is a really, really good result. But Judgy, before we let you go, prediction, Tottenham versus Everton, Saturday evening, live. The Wales are watching. What's going to happen? Um, I, I can't see us winning the game, unfortunately. I, I can't. Um, I think Tottenham have got goals. And, and even if they don't play well, they've got the likes of Son and, and as I say, the Charles, who we know well, and Harry Kane, who can just kind of get a goal out of nothing and, and, and I think Richarlison was one of those players where whatever fans think you could get as a goal for nothing so um, I think there will be goals in the game you know I'm, I'm going to go for the 2-2 I think it'll be an entertaining game not entertaining in terms of in the traditional sense of both teams going at each other I just think there'll be loads of flashpoints and I, I think there'll be I think I think both sides will fancy themselves to get in the score sheets and both sides have got the tendency as they showed last night Tottenham and as they've shown in recent weeks, they can see goals, and likewise, I think I think we can we can capitalise on that. So I think you're far off. I'll I'll go with with one one. I'll, I'll go in my brain that Everton do set up in in that sort of April May formation and playing ugly, maybe go, maybe even go one nil up, and then be, be unable to sort of see it out of one one. But I'll take one one. And judge, I'm sure you'll take two two. You'll see down the bottom there our socials. They are. At Across the Park PC on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, just search Across the Park Podcast. There's still a website, still get updated, but if you want to go on the website, you can certainly contact us. And the best thing about that website is the entire back catalogue of Across the Park Extra. Now, what we've done this week is we got permission from um, Mark Ward to release the podcast that we've done, Judgy, with them back in January 2021. So it's over on the YouTube now. It's... Um, we're looking a bit younger. We're looking a bit distorted because it's on Zoom. We weren't really set up for a for a YouTube show, but it's out there. Really good, wasn't it? The Mark Ward show. Brilliant, brilliant. And listen, he, he's never, for, you know, for, for Everton or Premier League fans, he's never going to be the most famous of those. But he scores a, you know, a tremendously famous goal at the time against against Liverpool. And you know, from most people that that have known Mark, he's he's a character. He's a personality. You know, um, again, not going to go down in Premier League or, or football, football, but look a proper football man. You know, you listen to him, he knows his stuff. He's as a checkered past as, as, as most people I know, but really good guy and, and very great, you know, very generous with his time and very gracious. 
Um, it's always good to, to, to talk to people like him because he, you know, he's a, not saying the footballers aren't, but he's, he's a real guy. You know, he's, he's made mistakes. He's, he's, he's lived the dream. Um, you know, say, you know, I wouldn't say brilliant story because it, it'd be wrong for me to say that because it, it's not, you know, it's not, um, not without it, it's not without his flaws, but look, that's normal, isn't it? Everyone's, everyone's had their, you know, their bad times and stuff and, and marks and all difference, but yeah, top guy. And, and, and again, I can't say any more than he was very gracious and, and, and very kind and, and generous with his time. And I urge anyone to listen because it is, it is a good listen. Brilliant, yeah, absolutely brilliant. He, he signed for Everton, um, in the early 90s under Howard Kendall, so there's as you can imagine, the stories about nights out um, shooting Barry Orne, who's dressed as the Pope. And like, I think me and Judgy were in stitches. Judgy was blaming Mark Ward for being an Evertonian. There's a story behind that. Mark did go into detail on what happened after his football career, like he did in his book. He, he spoke to us about how he went to jail and, and, and how he sort of getting, getting over that. If you know anyone who watched Mark, if you're too young, watched it at Mark at Everton, send a link to that, to that show. So everyone, it was fantastic. But in the meantime, on this show, please like, please comment, and please subscribe. It helps us so much. Happy Mills alongside Gary Judge for the Cross the Park podcast. See you again next week.